Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And we are here today to talk about a new movie that's streaming on Netflix. It's called The Devil All the Time. Yes. And Matt's going to tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so this is based off a book uh, that's written by Donald Ray Pollock, who also does the narration in the movie, which we will talk about more later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in rural Ohio and West Virginia, and it spans the years from the 1940s, uh, post-World War II, 1940s, to uh, the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And it's about a whole bunch of different characters who all intertwine in some way. And uh, it's it's interesting, the... the, the Trailers for this really focus on Tom Holland, he of Spider-Man fame. Mm-hmm. But he actually doesn't appear until 45 minutes into the movie. Uh, it starts out talk, uh, with uh, his father's character, who's played by Bill Skarsgård, who some of you may recognize as Pennywise from the new It movies. Oh, yeah. um, and, and then, yeah, then it explores a whole bunch of other characters. Like I said, they all intertwine in some way. Um, and uh, it's, it's dark. It's grim. It's violent. Um, yeah. The, what did you think of it? <laughs> well, I had a lot of problems with this movie. Um, I'll start with, with the positives. I think that the performances across the board are all pretty good. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice-looking film. It's nicely shot, and it's nicely edited. Um, I think it... It looks like a good movie. It has the look and feel of a good movie. But we were kind of talking earlier. It's kind of an what I would think an, an adolescence idea of what a what a a movie for adults is. Like it has sex and nudity and it has lots of violence. Um, but it lacks the wit and intelligence and subtlety, I think, of a good film for adults Mm -hmm. and I this movie is just kind of a miserable experience Mm -hmm. um the world that it depicts is a miserable one um the characters seem to suffer all their life and then die I mean there's there's no they're not fleshed out as humans they're just like entities to suffer for us to watch and suffer and then die. Yeah. Well, there's a line in the movie where somebody says, you know, they, they, they feel like maybe people are born just to be buried. Yes. Or some people are born just to be buried. Yes. Like, well, that's a very That apt. seems to be the theme of this movie. Well, and I think one of the big themes is religious hypocrisy. There's a lot of religious... There's a lot of religion in the movie, and, there's a, and it's... None of it is positive. It's all... Negative. All these people who are religious are hypocrites and, you know, murderers and just awful people. Um, and I, there's, I mean, there's a good movie to be made, and I'm sure there have been good movies made about the hypocrisy, you know, behind religiosity. It's often there, and it's, it's a real thing, and you can make a movie about it. But this, I mean, this is just to the extreme. There's no nuance there's, um, it's just darkness. And I, it, I felt like it gives a dis, it, it's a disservice to these characters and the, you know, the people, you know, that 
this is you know it's 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 a fic, it's fiction, but it it's obviously based on um, a real part of the United States and real you know people, and they're not like that. I mean, to, some people are horrible, but not everyone is horrible, and they have some joy in their lives. Sometimes this movie just doesn't care to show any of that. It's just all very negative. Yeah, so Ben Mankiewicz, who's a you know, film critic and uh, TCM host and stuff, one of the things that he has said that I, I like, I agree with, is you know he likes a movie where people are just being good to each other. Mm. Now, you don't have to exclusively have movies just like that, right? But, right. Uh, you know, you like that kind of movie. I like that kind of movie. Um, this is the antithesis of that. Right. <laughs> Completely opposite right. from that sentiment. Um, I was going to say, like, my, my knee-jerk reaction is that all the characters in this are awful. But if I stop and think about it, I mean, there's a, a uh, there's two or three that are mm. that are nice. Yeah. But 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 you know, even even they, those characters suffer. Oh yeah. I mean, so every character suffers in some way. Most are are terrible mm-hmm. and mean and awful. Um. It evoked sentiment in me, which I rarely, I mean, I rarely ever think about this, really. Uh, but I thought to myself, why does this movie exist? What is, what is its point? What, what is it trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept thinking about that. Uh, and normally I don't because, you know, I don't know. For, I don't know necessarily if art has to justify its existence. You know? mm-hmm. and, and also this movie, like I said earlier, is based on a novel. And I don't know how similar or not it is to the novel. But... Um, yeah, it's just um, full of awful characters, and the, the scenes are—not the scenes themselves—but the story is. So the movie's two and a half, two hours, eighteen minutes long, but it felt faster than that. Um, and I was trying to think about why, and I realized it's because the the storylines just just keep moving, mm-hmm. and sometimes I to to, to the detriment of of, of the storylines because. It, it, for one thing, it hampered my ability to um, feel much for the characters. I mean, some characters in this... So, first of all, not all the characters die, but a lot do. <laughs> and even ones that don't die... Um, you know, I will, Let me put it this way. Several, like some of the characters are in this for you know most of the movie. Some characters are not. And... The movie just never stops long enough to, for me anyway, make me care about these people, make right. me learn more about them, you know, figure out why yeah. they tick or whatever. They're just, they're either good, which is very few of them, or they're just bad. Yeah. Just awful. And, um, yeah, the, the movie just moves too quickly. The scenes just come and go. And it's possible though to make you empathize with characters if you're doing something quickly and I, the thing I always think about I know it's cliche is the, the opening to the movie Up mm. where you see the, the couple go from you know young to old and mm-hmm. their life together and then mm-hmm. you know you feel, you feel everyone talks about how they have all the feels right about right. Uh, that was very fast right you know it's just a few minutes yeah <laughs> but this here um, yeah no it's um, no, you're right. I mean, that's what I mean about the characters not being fleshed out. They're just, all of them are either vessels to suffer or vessels to inflict suffering. And there's, yeah. And, then, and people are more than that. At least I hope they are. And 
That's why I feel like this movie just kind of does a disservice to a whole area of the country that I think it's trying to, you know, I think the movie, you, you asked why the movie exists. You know, some movies exist purely to entertain. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was the goal here necessarily. I, I think they were reaching for something better or more profound, but the problem is it's just not very profound. I mean, you know, I, I bring up the theme of hypocrisy and religiosity and all that stuff. It's so heavy handed and so surface level that it's it's not profound at all. I mean, there is no like, you know, struggling with their beliefs or, you know, um, trying to come to terms with their beliefs. It's 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 all really very black and white. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I you're right. It's it's well paced. I, I, I thought it was it was fast paced. Um, but I still felt like it was long. Um, and only because it was just one relentless suffering event after another. Yeah. I, it just, it, it was exhausting. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you... Yeah, so you talked earlier about how this is sort of a, maybe what a, I don't know how you put it exactly, but what a, what a, kid or an immature person thinks of as, as, as a, you know, adulthood. A serious movie a serious for adults. A serious movie for adults. Yeah. I mean, I know one of the th- reasons I've thought about that is because, you know, um, uh, I spend too much time on Twitter, but th- th- there's people on Twitter who are talking about how, you know, obviously really big fans of Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, and they talk about how, you know, he's, he's, we knew he had acting chops in him and he shows it here. And this is like, you know, he's, he's broken out of his Spider-Man stuff and now he's doing real adult movies and Mm -hmm. this is really good and I'm like you know yeah it's like what a young person an immature person thinks of as maturity Mm -hmm. like um, uh, sex and nudity and profanity (laughs) and uh, grittiness and you know violence um, and, 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 and just terrible Terrible things, you know. I, I feel like that's what someone's like. You know, that's what, that's when you really do like a real movie, like a real adult movie. That's mm. like, um, it. Kind of reminds me, you know, when I was a kid, and sometimes like my dad would have friends over. Maybe he's his brothers or just some friends, and they would bust out the record player and they would put on like a an old comedian's mm-hmm. um, record, you know, kind of like maybe a Rudy Ray Moore record. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, something that was, you know. Uh, I had to really leave the room, although I was very curious about what they were listening to. So mm-hmm. I would like poke, open the door, went to my bedroom, a crack, and like try and listen. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the comedian would be go talk. He'd be making sex jokes, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought to myself, this is what being an adult is. <laughs> it's, it's talking about sex and you know being profane about it. That's what being an adult is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get older, and I remember you and I several years ago. I think. Uh, around the height of the Chappelle show fame, mm-hmm. we went to uh, see a Dave Chappelle concert here in town. And I remember being pretty disappointed by it because, you know, while Dave Chappelle has fairly keen insights on like race relations and stuff and can make it funny all while he's making a point, mm-hmm. the show we went to was like those old comedians my, my dad and his friends listened to. Dave Chappelle just made a bunch of sex jokes and used, you know, you know, profane words for mm-hmm. sex parts of the human body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as an adult watching that, I'm like, this, this isn't really funny. No. Um, so that's why uh, this movie reminded me of that. It's like, this, this isn't really, you know, I, I, I like Tom Holland a lot. And I was like, I wish he 
had gotten it was not involved with this. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I think that Tom Holland was fine. Um, you know, he he's a he's an engaging actor, and, and I like him a lot. And I and you know, I feel like the people who are pointing to this as um, evidence that he has acting chops are really doing a disservice to his performances in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I mean, you know, people, there, there are actors who will tell you that it's much harder to act in a, you know, in a comedy mm-hmm. um, than it is in, to do a drama, but it's the drama that always gets, you know, the most attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spider-Man isn't necessarily a comedy, but it has that light feel to it. And that's actually very hard to achieve. And he essentially carries those movies. Um, so, you know, I think you don't have to look beyond Spider-Man to understand that he's a, a fine actor. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just... Uh, well, people the, are lulled into serious... I mean, they're lulled into believing that serious equals better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it's, it's you know, it's a challenge to act in a comedy or, in, or you know, to, to be a likable superhero. I mean, there's plenty of bad examples of... of superhero movies where the you know the lead actor is a dud mm-hmm. and the movie is not good yeah there are there are a lot of them um but i think he is one of the more charming um superheroes so i i think uh that's all the evidence you need that he's that he's a good actor and i think there are a lot of good actors in this movie i think the acting to me i found was, was anywhere between okay and good mm-hmm. um i wasn't blown away by anyone necessarily mm-hmm. in this, but they were they were all right. Um, Sebastian Stan is in this. Um, he was in like I Tanya, and he was in some of the Marvel movies. He's mm-hmm. like Bucky and those yeah. um, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him transform before. I mean, so in the Marvel movies, he's cut and lean and you know whatever. But uh, you know, in uh, I Tanya, he he put on some pounds or at least appeared to, and you know, was kind of played a you know different role there. Yeah. In this movie, sort of the same thing. He plays a like a sheriff um, and looks. At, he's supposed to be older and overweight, but I'm sorry. Like there's this one scene <laughs> where I just I just could not look past the fact that he obviously had like cotton balls in his cheeks. Oh really? Yeah. No, oh, I didn't notice. That. And again, I'm like I I don't know. I, didn't, I, was, I was watching it. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, is, is, am I supposed to notice this, mm. or is it supposed to be something else? But I'm like, dude, dude's got. I know dude's <laughs> supposed to look fatter than he really is, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, the cotton balls—they're not working. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but that it wasn't working. Um, I was happy to see. I'd been looking forward to, to seeing this movie only because uh, Pokey Lafarge has a has a small role in it, and Pokey's a. a a singer songwriter who I who I admire, and wow. he's a native of uh, Central Illinois, mm-hmm. where where we are. Mm-hmm. So um, it was n- nice to see him. I wish his his character had had some sort of um, arc. I mean, he just kind of disappears from the movie. But oh yeah, yeah, he's in it until he's not in it. <laughs> um, we have to talk about the narration. Okay. Okay. So this movie is heavy with narration, mm-hmm. um, and so it has. Two more strikes against it for me. One, I'm not a fan of narration in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the only exception to that being, perhaps, uh, film noir from the 40s, which sometimes features, you know, you know, the, they have like the, those are the movies with the detective, yeah. you know, where he okay. talks about, you know, you hear him voiceover talking mm-hmm. about the, the dame that walked into his life. Maybe she stayed. Maybe she wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I like those movies, right? Mm-hmm. But narration anywhere else, 
It's a big no. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a good script writer and director and everything else, you should be able to convey what's happening without narration. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in a visual sense, medium like this is. Um, so that's one ding against it. Because, I mean, this... This narration is used, it's heavy, it's heavy, and it's also unnecessary because there's certain scenes where something's happening and I'm like, okay, I get it. And the narrator tells you mm-hmm. what's happening or why somebody did something. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> um, and particularly ruins one scene or a later scene. Um, and ruins may be too strong of a word, but there's, um, and we won't, we won't spoil it here, but you know, there's a, a scene that occurs the narrator gives a voiceover about um, the fate of a character. Mm-hmm. So then later on, we see a flashback of that character's fate. But as when the when the when that flashback scene begins, you don't necessarily it's it, without the narration, it's not clear yet what's going to happen to that character. You know something's up, mm-hmm. but you're not sure. Well, because the narrator previously told us that particular line of tension is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that happens. I feel like it happens more than once in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I don't like uh, is if you do have a narrator, the narrator has got to tie into the story somehow. Yeah. Um, I remember watching the movie <laughs> Age of Adeline, uh-huh. which I think is an okay movie, but there's a narrator in that. And I kept waiting the whole movie. I'm like, well, I'm, I'd be interested to see how this narrator ties in. Like, who is this mysterious narrator? The narrator's nobody. It's just some some dude who happens to know the story mm-hmm. telling you about the story. Right. It's the same with this. Now, I did read online somebody postulating that the narrator may be God oh. because you know God's omnipotent or knows all and knows everything. And, and but I'm like, that's that's weak sauce here. Um, it's not it's not made clear. So seriously, again, this is a movie that has heavy narration from just some dude. Like I said earlier, it happens to be the author of the novel the movie's based on. They used him to be the narrator, but you don't know that unless you like read up about it um, or see the end credits or something. Yeah. Um, it's so yeah. Um, there's that, and then speaking of not liking the narration because it explains things that don't need explaining. Um, there's a scene that parallels or a previous scene in the movie. And when this scene, the second one, was happening, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, it's just like the one that came before, right? And as I'm thinking that, they flash back and show you a brief, you know, five seconds from the previous (laughs) scene that this Mm -hmm. is paralleling. And um, I rolled my eyes, you know, because I'm like, okay, you you didn't need to do that. I think, uh, don't don't treat the audience like it's stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, But you did it. So I get it. Okay. (laughs) You know, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the narrator didn't bother me as much as it did you. Um, it took me out of the movie because I kept wondering, who is the narrator? Um, it reminded me... So it's been decades since I've seen Fried Green Tomatoes, but I'm pretty sure there's narration in that. And I'm pretty sure it's one of the characters who's narrating it, you know, in later life or something. I, I can't remember. But it reminded me of that. And it felt like it was kind of this, um, this a similar goal which is like it's trying to be like this old kind of old-fashioned kind of fable or you know the lost art of storytelling where you know people would gather around and someone would tell a story 
I don't know. That's it. I think that was the vibe that they were trying to create, and I think in the context of this time and place, maybe it kind of fits. But um, yeah, it, it ended up just kind of taking me out of the movie. And you're right; it did kind of ruin things a, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope. I don't think it's God. I mean, I would think. I would hope God would have better things to do than narrate this <laughs> dismal movie. But, we should talk too about how this is a very violent movie. I know we've 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 mentioned that before, but it's it's very graphic, yeah. um, and you know something that you and I were talking about over dinner before we started this <laughs> podcast. We were talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, um, which will be coming up next month as mm-hmm. one of our thirty one days of Halloween entries. Um, but you know. We saw that for the first time a year ago, and it's still emblazoned in our minds. And you know, it's horrific in many ways. But you mentioned how that movie didn't bother you like this movie did. Right. And I mentioned one of the things about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it's very bloodless. Yeah. I mean, horrific things happen, but they either happen off camera or just out of the camera range, and you don't mm-hmm. see hardly any blood. Right. This movie, again, to me, it's the immature thinking it's an adult thing. It prides itself in showing you the blood and the graphic nature of what happens yes. to somebody. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard to watch. I mean, whereas Texas Chainsaw Massacre is all about suspense and tension and, you know, it's truly horrifying. This one is, there is tension for sure in a few scenes, but it's, it's mostly about just kind of the, the dumb shock value of, mm-hmm. of seeing blood and, and people being maimed and it's it's yeah well i think i remarked after we watched it that it reminds me actually of a mob movie mm-hmm. it reminds me of a scorsese mob movie yeah and you can you can either take that or as a, a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing but it's it felt a little out of place with this but no there's seriously scenes where and this happens a fair amount where people just get capped in the head. Like mm-hmm. someone will walk up to somebody behind them and like cap them in the head. And, you know, it, it's like stuff I've seen in like mob films. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I shield, you know, I, regular listeners will know that I'm not a fan of blood and gore. And I wish, I shielded my eyes during this movie more than I would do in a typical horror movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a little warning to those out there, those sensitive souls. Yeah. And, and we kind of talked about, I mean, amongst ourselves, like we were, it's a bleak movie, but then like sometimes horror movies are bleak and we're not quite as put off by those. But, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's an interesting question. It, it's, I mean, Chainsaw Massacre, that's its goal. It doesn't, see, that's my real problem with this movie is it's pretending to be something profound and it's really just shadow, sh- uh, shallow and, and bloody and ugly and dismal mm-hmm. and, yeah. And I, don't, I don't like the pretension. That's totally valid. I, I agree with that. And the last thing I'll say about this um, is, I know earlier you thought it, you know, it was a, a good-looking movie. I don't think it's a good-looking movie. I don't think it's awful. Um, but, you know, pre-COVID... I was somewhat of a, as, as listeners will remember maybe, I was a bit of a you know Netflix snob <laughs> when it came to Netflix movies. Mm-hmm. And this is particularly a Netflix movie. And I just didn't think they looked very cinematic. Um, a exception to that, and I noted it in our review of it, is um, Defy Bloods. Mm. That, when I saw that, 
I was like, oh my god, I wish we were in a theater to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, that looks it just looks like a movie. Yeah, this looks like a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. and it, it's very it feels very looks very flat, um, or just just not very inspired as far as the look and feel of it. Um, I may be being a little harsh there, but it just yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, I came away from it thinking that it looked okay. <laughs> That's good. Again, everyone's mileage may vary. All right, so score time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a four, and that's pretty much just for the fine performances. So I give it a three and a half. So our score is a 3.8. Um, it is on the tomato meter. It has a critic score of 68% fresh. It's a pretty low fresh. I don't think they go much lower than that and stay fresh, but mm-hmm. 68%. And audience score is 89%. percent mm. I can tell you just by spending a little bit of time on Twitter, I'm not surprised at the audience score. There's a lot of people like, you know, who seem to really like this and more power to them, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's not really, not my cup of tea, as they say. Certainly not mine. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.